Beginning Transmission 137, Outcast. File under Robert Kirkman Mump. This week's episode of the Funny Books and Firewater Podcast. Ignorance. I'm too sober for this shit. Here is a drinking game to play while you listen to this episode. Please drink responsibly, and don't take it too seriously. And if you don't like it, blame William. Take a drink anytime Mr. Porg decides to interject himself into the conversation. Shut up, Porg. You need to take a drink anytime Manny Bothans makes an appearance and I get groans and fuck yous from Adam and Maya. Fuck Manny Bothand! Manny Bothand is pure genius. Take a drink anytime someone refers to me as the cum dumpster. Take a drink every time the shame bell makes an appearance. Shame! Also, take a drink anytime uh, we act like the member berries from South Park. Remember when they were on South Park? I remember. Yeah, and take a drink every time we do the bad German accent, yeah. Ah, drink, fucker! If you have any suggestions for rules you would like to add, Email us at funnybooksandfirewater at gmail.com or use the contact link on our website, funnybooksandfirewater.com. Well, Adam, is the recording light on? Yeah, we're good. Is it on? Yeah. Is, is it really on? Yeah. Oh, well, it's, it's it, the red light's on and it's saying how many seconds we've been recording and it's showing... No, no, I wasn't talking about that. I was talking about your new fancy one that you got from oh, it uh, was, the party. Yes. That's on? Yep. yep. Okay. They... Now, now that you have a new fancy recording light, we got to make sure that we actually use it. See, it's fancy. It is fancy. Here, I have a button for that. Yeah, someone did not keep King Stash. Fancy. I said I, wasn't, I said I wasn't going to. I said specifically. But King Stash is most excellent. I'm just saying that mustache with that uh, that tank top was iconic, sir. I know. Why do you not want to be the icon? I just don't like mustaches, so. <laughs> But then you can offer free mustache rides. I already give them for free. But you can't give a mustache ride if you don't have a mustache. It could be a stubble ride. See? Yeah, that sounds but painful. That just causes, like, facial burn. My wife gets pissy at me for that one. So, Maya, you'll appreciate this. The cat stole my chair when I stood up for a minute, and I feel too bad to kick her out of it, so now I'm sitting on, a like, a little stool that I pulled up to the microphone <laughs> so that the cat Good. can have my chair. You know your place. I, yeah. 
So I have proximity set up on my phone so that when I get to a certain distance within my house, the lights will turn back on, um, like in the front room and stuff like that. And so the cat knows when I'm coming home. So we'll come up and crawl right on like a bookshelf right by the front door and then meow at me when I get home. And it's sort of like this, where have you been? Do you know how worried I've been kind of thing? It's just, yeah. It's anyway. most excellent. It is most excellent. Uh, speaking of most excellent, welcome to episode 137 of the Funny Books and Firewater podcast. This week we are finishing up our month of Robert Kirkman books. Happy birthday, Robert Kirkman. Uh, yes. With the book Outcast, which is one of his more recent, but now not his most recent work to come out, uh, but was turned into a TV show for Cinemax in 2016. And there is an interesting story that I have heard on an interview with him that I will relay about that later. Final intro. Um, but starting out, we have Mr. Mustache Ride himself, Adam. Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Adam, uh, the reviews editor and film critic for Big Shiny Robot. Also, find me over at Board as Hell Podcast with our good friend Andy Wilson. Hi, Andy. Andy. Uh, also, we're in Cinema Queens with uh, Chris Stout. Hi, Hi Chris. Chris. Uh, and of course, here and also curating our Grinder, Scruff, and Tights with a Z account. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, my username is Sithbot underscore. It's S-I-T-H-B-O-T underscore. Awesome. And then he's going to be here tomorrow in the great state of California. It is Mr. Todd. That's right. Mr. Cum Dumpster adjacent himself. <laughs> so. Leaking all over you. All over me? <laughs> it's been a while, so no. Oh, okay. So, hey, I'm Todd. Find me here on the Funny Books and Firewater podcast as a co-panelist. I also do English class hooligans with my better half, Amy. Hi, Amy. Hi, Amy. As well as this cat wrangler here. And we need to record an episode. And yeah, because we completely missed October. We just blew October. I was going to say, how is Frankenstein? We, we blew it. Well, we've <laughs> we yet to blow it. it, I guess, right? You blew it! We did. We <laughs> We're recording this the day after Halloween, so it's now November 1st when we're recording this, and uh, we completely missed it. We completely missed it. So I've got, you know, there, there's always reasons, but not good ones, I guess, right? Well, I mean, you are preparing for a small little entity to enter your house and rule the place. So, uh, so I, 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 I do have a don't, parasite coming. Don't so talk about my penis like that. There you go. <laughs> so I always refer to other people's pregnant kids, pre- pregnant women. as like, oh, you've got a parasite in there. And they're like, what? How dare you call my baby a parasite? I'm like, it is. so there's a thing sucking all the life forces out of you and you're not getting much in return. And one day it will come out and then it'll be a parasite again for at least the next 18 to 45 years. <laughs> I don't remember where she got it. She might have made it up, but Jess refers to babies every once in a while as fucklings. You know, that's cute, though. Oh, look at that little fuckling. Because, <laughs> I mean, it is the product of fucking, so it's a fuckling. I know. It, it, it's, it, it's rather adorable. Oh, look at that mother. She has all her fucklings in a row. You know, exactly. You, you kind of need to get a, wit, uh, a onesie that says, um, Daddy's little fuckling. Yeah. We'll sell that on our store if we ever make t-shirts. <laughs> And if you want to be extra fun, just do what I saw in West Valley last night and put them all on blackface. Oh, yeah, geez. you can do that. So yeah, that photo was depressing. Well, I, so stay classy, West Valley. The story was I, I you know, I, I drive for, uh, I drive around for people doing deliveries and stuff, and I stopped by McDonald's to pick up. I'm assuming food for someone. You know, they were gonna like rub it on their body because they had a fetish or something. Who knows? Sure. Yeah. And I walk in and there's this mom, dad, their two sons and their daughter, and all the guys are in blackface. I'm like. That is the weirdest thing. It's like I was picking everything up, and I was like, "Well, you know what? Maybe they're just going to like a sports game or something like that. It might be like a like the Raiders thing or something." Yeah. So as I walked back around, I kind of like sneak a look, and no, they've got like zombie makeup on over the black face, like blood and guts. I'm like, "There's, I don't understand what 
why you would do this. Like, it doesn't make any sense. But it is West Valley. So it maybe is. they're just really bad makeup artists. No, I don't think so. All right. I'm, I'm trying to salvage this, but maybe it came in a kit and therefore it was there. They used it. <laughs> They're like, oh, this is this is for accent. Oh no, we're just putting all over our face. Yeah, man. They're not good at following directions, apparently. No, no, I don't know. I can't really. Yeah, there we go. I posted okay. on Facebook, and my buddy's like, "Did you make them sing and dance for you?" I'm like, "No, but I told them they should come to gospel brunch." <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of well able to follow the directions, we have Mr. Maya. Hey, I'm Maya. Uh, you can catch me here. Uh, but you knew that because you're listening to this. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at Mr. Maya or Instagram at the Mr. Maya. And my my wonderful cat is right here. And you can also follow her on Instagram and Twitter at it's the Jonesy. Jonesy. Yes. And my cat is claiming my chair, so I'm sitting on a stool. But uh, hi, I'm Brian. Uh, I'm a sound designer based out of California. Also newly discovered that I am, in fact, a Gryffindor. And uh, my Patronus Are you? I heard. No, no. Okay, so here, I, I, a, I call bullshit on that whole thing because what that, because it was like obviously like a clicker, right? That the oh, absolutely. She had a clicker with four choices. Yeah, and she was, and for every adult, she did Slytherin. Like almost everybody was Slytherin. Like that was <laughs> that was it. But I took the actual quiz on Pottermore. I've deemed that as pretty uh, accurate. Nope, that's the official one. That yeah. is the official one. So I took the official one. So I'm officially a Gryffindor. Um, and uh, my Patronus is a uh, a Marsh Harrier. And uh, I don't know what else. Was. Oh, I did the wand test today as well. Yeah. Um, I don't remember what that is off the top of my head, though. But Yeah, I'm, I'm a Hufflepuff. And I'm a true Hufflepuff because my Patronus is a Badger. Oh, nice. It's literally our dog, Badger. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, Mr. Adam, I'm assuming you've taken the test as well. Uh, Slytherin, yes. You're Slytherin? Mm-hmm. Wow. No. I wonder Todd, where you really I need to be a Ravenclaw fall. for us to fill this whole thing out. I, what's so special about Ravenclaws? They got, like, the least amount of screen time in the movies. What? Well, they're just saying that we have all four houses. Because they're smart. Because yeah. they're smart. Ravenclaws are the smarty pants ones. I kind of expected that that's what I would get, but I was really pretty excited to get uh, Gryffindor. Also, because my niece, who is a huge Harry Potter fan, is also a Gryffindor, so I called and let her know that uh, we we're in the same house at the Hogwarts, so she's pretty excited about that. Actually, I think what we should do is, while someone's doing the lightning round, which won't be me because I didn't like this book, um, Todd should do the Pottermore quiz so he can announce live on air what he is. Oh, I'm, I'm down for that. You guys have a computer in front of you. You can make that happen. Todd, All right. are you down for that? Do you agree to these terms? Okay. In that case, then either uh, Maya or myself will do the uh, lightning round. But we will get to that. We'll do that because I didn't really care for the book either. Really? Okay. Well, that's an excellent segue into validity votes. Whether or not we view uh, whether this is worth you, our dear listeners, hard-earned time, money, and effort to go and find this book and read it. Um, So I'm going to guess what the things are going to be. But uh, what's your vote, Mr. Maya? Uh... I'm going to say if you like uh, exorcism books, yes. If you don't like anything having to do with exorcisms or demons, then no. Okay. Uh, Mr. Todd. Meh. Okay. Mr. Adam. Uh, I'm going to go no, unless you like stories that kind of ramble along and then don't wrap anything up before you're done with it. So. Okay. And I actually like this book. So, okay. I'm in the minority here, so I'm going to be defending myself all day, which is... Not required, but I just tend to do it anyway. I'm just no, aware of this. We've talked about before that, you know, if you're allowed to like what you like. I know. Even if you're wrong. It, so 
It doesn't mean so, that I don't have the so, bad habit of trying to defend myself all the time. So, what of this being the first of thirty, the first six of thirty-six issues? What were you expecting to have wrapped up? Well, the thing is, you like you talking. Well, let's we'll go do it. Okay, let me get we'll get into it. it. I just wonder when you say stuff like that with an ongoing series. Of course, it's not going to be wrapped up. So that's why I'm just curious why the problems we've had I've had before is you can leave strings dangling. Don't use the whole leave the whole ball of yarn out there. Okay, fair enough. Well, so we're doing a little out of order, but that's okay. We had a good segue. I had to take it. Book intro. Uh, so basically what Outcast is uh, for Book and Tro, since we've sort of briefly discussed it, uh, you have this main character whose name is I'm blanking on right now. Um, but basically he lives alone, is sort of like this downtrodden guy, and you get the impression that you start realizing that he had a wife and kid, and somehow he had uh, th- that had ended, and he was very depressed and stuck by, stuck by himself. But there's also a, uh, a local... Uh, bishop or priest or whatever uh clergyman of some kind who is getting called in to do uh like a um exorcism and he remembers some of the stories about this guy and believes that this guy might somehow have the ability to help him cause this exorcism and you start to come to become aware that there is um a lot of demons coming into this town and this guy somehow has an innate ability uh to sort of uh help cure those uh those exorcisms does that sound like a fair sort of brief intro to this book yeah and then yeah. the demons keep referring to him as that he's like are you outcast yes or they recognize him as the outcast they all feel yeah. like they, they've seen him somewhere before so they know him as something called the outcast drinking game uh mr todd what is your drinking game rule so my drinking game for this is hmm this blood tastes like chicken Every time someone seems to be forced to ingest some blood their own or somebody else's, take a drink. Okay. Um, Mr. Maya. Um, my game's called That Boy Ain't Right. Uh, anytime someone says there's something off or different about Kyle or refers to him as outcast, take a drink. Okay. Uh, Mr. Adam. So mine is called Family Values. Uh, anytime they refer to... Uh, a family member as far as what role they would be. So if they're like a mother, a son, a brother-in-law, uh, take a drink. Or adopted brother or, or adopted whatever. Brother or bro- uh, yeah. yeah, that kind of stuff. Okay, cool. And mine is, that's using the old noggin. Every time there's a headbutt in this, take a drink. Which there are more headbutts than you would normally think in a comic book for some reason. I don't know why. I'd never noticed headbutts that much before, but there's a lot of them in this particular volume. Playlist. What songs do you guys have picked out for your playlist to accompany this book? I'll start with myself because I went last last time. I'm doing uh, The Devil Inside from NXS. Mr. Todd, what is yours? It Wasn't Me by Shaggy. (laughs) (laughs) Which is the uh, outlier of all these. Uh, Mr. Maya. Uh, mine's a song called Blood on My Name by the Brothers Bright. I don't know that song at all. I'll have to check that one out. Um, and then Mr. Adam. Uh, Shout of the Devil by Motley Crue. Okay. Myification. Mr. Todd, do you want to myification this? YA. <laughs> As it comes into the day, it's really not that creepy. I mean, it kind of has a bit of it, but not too yeah. much. It, it's just kind of a mild YA in this okay. young adult reader. Yeah, it's not, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, I'm going to dabble in horror, but not. Uh, Mr. Maya, you said something about 36 issues. Did this end? Uh, I don't know if it's on a hiatus or if it's over, but I looked it up earlier, and issue 36 came out, like, this last June. <laughs> and there yeah, I have, like, something. six trades. 
Yeah. Oh, no, I have five trades. I have five trades. Yeah, there are six trades. I don't know if it's over or if it's on, like, a hiatus while he works on Oblivion Song or what. But, uh, yeah, I just thought that the last published issue was a few months ago. Okay, that's interesting, because that should be in my hold. I wonder when the trade came out or if I... Um, I can pull I got it right here. I'm on Wikipedia. And I would hazard a guess they might have finished it, because the uh, the last uh, five issues are called Invasions Part 1 through 5. Okay. Uh, well, that came out uh, almost a year ago. It was uh, Actually, no, it came out July 31st of this year, so the last trade just came out. Okay, so maybe it's, maybe it's in my hold. Or maybe I just need to go find it and pick it up. Of course, I'm still trying to read down my to be read pile for those of you who are keeping track. It's it, I was doing good until I bought the books for next month, which we will discuss at the end of this episode, but uh, we're doing okay. Final warnings. The one thing I say with Todd is that it'd be maybe a little bit harder PG-13 because they do use the fuck word a couple times. All right. Well, this is like you're allowed as like good one as or it two. gets era or big era because they, you know, you can say fuck. You can get away with murder back then. They got away with it back in Beetlejuice. I know. True. About as scary as Beetlejuice. <laughs> outcast, outcast, outcast. Dude, they like pulled their head out of their own throat and had like eyes for fingers. Oh no, that that stuff scared me when I was a kid. I thought Beetlejuice was really creepy when I was a kid. I thought it was funny too, but I thought it was really scary. But so yeah, there we go. There. Okay, cool. Um, well then we will take a little bit of a break uh, we will then uh, come back and I will spoil it we will find out what house Todd is in because that's an important thing we need to do here um, and uh, then we will discuss and spoil the living shit out of it so this is your warning uh, that there will be spoilers ahead in these rough waters we are about to uh, venture into so we will see you on the flip side if you have yet to read this week's book and would like to read it now press pause go ahead We'll wait. At Push My Buttons Podcast, you can get all the gaming news, as well as information on latest releases and game reviews. You can also watch us play some of your favorite games, everything from Sonic the Hedgehog to God of War, on YouTube and Twitch. Follow us on all the social media and listen on all of your favorite apps. Just search for Push My Buttons Podcast. It's funny, I've noticed when you guys don't like a book, our intros are really fast. It's really fast. <laughs> yeah, because I think, I think the way it works is like when we're when it's a book we like or something, we're a bit more, more excited to talk about. about it. Yeah, exactly. Okay, well, I will jump in. Todd, are you ready to start taking your test? Oh, he's already done. He's I, done. Well, I did the house. Now I'm working on Patronus and Wand. Okay, cool. So we'll find out what house you're in in a second. Yes. Plot summary. Okay, so basically what we start out with is, is you see a family scene where uh, the son is eating chips, or you think he's eating chips, munching on stuff. Um, the daughter's having a fight with the mom. When the mom looks at her kid, she realizes that the kid has eaten part of his finger off, and he's bleeding, and she freaks out. You then see a poker game, and you find out that uh, one of the poker players is actually the local pastor. Rever- oh, he's a reverend. Huh? It actually references it. Reverend, and he gets called in to try to come and do an exorcism on this little boy. We then also meet our other main character, who is kind of haunted. You see a couple flashbacks of uh, his mom in this house that he's in. Um, the house isn't very well taken care of, and he sort of has all the stuff done there. And his name is Kyle. That's right. His name is Kyle. Uh, so Kyle has wakes up to a banging on the door. His sister is there to try to you know get him actually out of the house and try to help clean up the place a little bit. 
Um, we see the exorcism going on. It does not go well. Kyle is convinced to go out with his sister to go get groceries where he ends up meeting the preacher and the preacher kind of asks for his help. He sort of says, no, I'm good. I'm going to go home. His mom dra- or his sister drags him to her house for dinner where she encounters her husband who is not happy that he's there. Uh, so you find out that there is some sort of like weird uh, tension all around the family. He walks home instead. His sister leaves a bunch of stuff on the front porch. They're included in that is a phone. He calls his family, like his daughter and his wife, uh, but doesn't answer the phone and gets really upset and breaks the stuff, uh, breaks the phone. Uh, he decides to go visit this boy that the preacher asked for uh, his help with. So he goes there. The kid jumps and attacks him. And then um, there's sort of like this weird demon sort of thing that gets sort of like sucked out of him uh, that, that, that Kyle is able to do. And he sort of, uh, you know, rescues the kid. Um, so the preacher and the preacher are talking out front. or Kyle and, and, the, uh, and the reverend are talking out front about how there's weird shit going on. And Kyle remembers when he goes back in there that uh, the demon didn't like light. So he pulls the light down and then he ends up bleeding a little bit on the kid and, and punching him and beating the crap out of him a little bit. And the demon eventually ends up getting out of him. And so uh, once that happens, the police show up to arrest him, obviously, because he's been beating up a kid. Uh, the mother doesn't file charges, so they have to let him go. Kyle goes home, um, but he wants to find out what's going on. You go and you see uh, that he is visiting his mother, who he's put into a coma, but she was a demon for a little while. Uh, the Reverend is giving a, um, uh, a talk, and he sees a, a man he's never seen before standing at the back who gives him kind of the creeps. Uh, Kyle wakes up and actually decides to start cleaning his apartment when the Reverend shows up, asks him to come help out again. Kyle says no, but if you happen to be going to the uh, town, can I get a ride? He goes to town, and he ends up seeing at the town an ex-boyfriend of his sister's who he's all pissed off at. He starts punching him. His brother-in-law, who is a cop, comes and tries to uh, pull him off him, and then he says who it is. Uh, this guy beats him up. Uh, the brother-in-law and the cop have a uh, uh, a drink together, uh, or the brother-in-law, who is a cop, and Kyle have a drink together, where Kyle tells a story about how um, that boy was abusing his sister, and um, Kyle was trying to protect him, but he couldn't do much, but he took a drink, and then the cop asks about him hitting his daughter and his wife, and that sort of ends that conversation. Um, the, the creepy man that we saw at the church goes and visits Kyle's mom uh, in she is still sort of not reactive. Um, we have another case of a guy going crazy and kills his wife, and we think he's a demon. Or the Reverend's playing poker again and discussing his sort of waning faith at a time. Uh, Kyle goes over and visits his next door neighbor. Is that true? Am I early? Yeah, goes over and has lunch with his next door neighbor, and he talks about. Um, you know what's going on at the house next door you find out that the preacher's actually been playing all these poker games to sort of fund the church uh and that's why he plays all these poker games all the time and that's where he's taking all the money for so then um there's a little girl who um uh is about to cross the street about to get hit and the creepy old man ends up stopping her um and it's uh oh it's uh kyle's niece and his sisters while they're out shopping um he's happy to be of assistance uh so uh kyle's having some flashbacks of being with his wife kind of depressed lonely um and so then a cop shows up and says hey i need your help basically the cop says that i saw the story of you and your mom um i think i need uh, you know you to come help out because i you know know that you did some of the weird and my former police partner he ended up killing his wife and i think that uh, there might be something going on there they go into the church and try to do an exorcism they end up beating the guy up a little bit the cops show up and kick them out um, they aren't fully able to get the uh, the demon out of there. There's still just a little bit left. And then uh, Kyle goes back home. His uh, neighbor next door is now gone, but this 
the creepy guy that we saw at the back of the church is claiming to be uh, his brother and says that he passed away and that he's going to stay in the house for a little few days while he gets everything sorted out. Kyle goes and helps run errands with the, the reverend and there's one woman who doesn't like to be touched by him so he thinks that she has a demon in him. He tries to go and um, help her out. She won't let him deal with him anymore so they end up leaving and then the creepy old man comes in and basically implies that he is the devil and he ends up giving the reverend essentially a heart attack um, by putting his hand on his chest and you see him with um, a little sign of the devil sort of on his chest uh, so he has a heart attack yep and then uh kyle has flashbacks to the night that uh his mom uh, basically turned into a demon and Kyle had to fight the demon out of her and ended up beating the shit out of her and put her in hospital. And that is pretty much the entire plot of the first book. Did I miss anything? No, that's about right. About right? Okay. Todd, what is your <clears throat> Harry Potter house? Slytherin. You're a Slytherin too? Mm -hmm. um, that, that's not shocking to me. You're okay. not shocked? What does that say not... about you or me that you're not shocked? What There's is... nothing wrong with being a Slytherin. There's nothing wrong with being a Slytherin. I'm just, you know. Okay. I'm not shocked that you're a Slytherin. That 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 sort of makes sense. All right. I, it, it, it's, it's a misnomer because they're some of the characters in the books and the movie are the villains. Doesn't mean that they're all villains. Sure. I mean, be an asshole and a Gryffindor as well, I guess. Well, you know, the Slytherins oh, are just sure. cunning us. They're murderers and they're rapists. And... <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I know. So, some very uh, fine people on both sides. Both sides. What a dick. So, uh, <laughs> my Patronus is a he's, calico he, cat. He's a Gryffin dick. And my wand Wait, so is... you're allergic to cats and your Patronus is a calico cat. <laughs> right? They didn't ask that question, did they? Mm -hmm. So it sounds like a person with Excuse conflictions. Excuse me, I'm allergic to my Patronus. Can I have another one? Let me turn it back in. <laughs> and my wand is firwood with a dragon heartstring, core 13-inch, and hard flexibility. Oh. That just sounds like I've got a 13-inch dong. <laughs> Yeah, I know. No. Mine is a, uh, a hazel wood with a phoenix feather core, uh, 10 inches, unyielding flexibility. Unyielding flexibility. Mine is hard. Mine is unyielding. Uh, vine. With, it's a vine wand with a unicorn hair uh -huh. core. And it's like, I don't remember the measurement. It's like 10, something, 10 or 10 and a half. And then it's pliant flexibility. Oh, you're just a whippersnapper is what you are. And mine is a cypress wood with unicorn hair, 14 inches in length, and unyielding flexibility. <laughs> well, wow. You might know someone that big, but it's not me. <laughs> We're just four guys sitting here talking about our wands. That's all. Just that's, our wands. That's, that's, just normal. I know normal when I say my wand, it's not light that comes out of it. No? No. Mm -hmm. yeah. I see that your okay. wand is bigger than mine. Sport's <laughs> <laughs> strong with this one. And then if you're interested, my Elver uh, Morning house is the Horned Serpent. Yeah, and my, hey, me too. Is, We're in the same house. Pugwidgey, yeah. Oh, and then, I haven't done that one yet. And then my uh, my Patronus is an eagle. Eagle. Oh, eagle. 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 <laughs> I never quite understood that gag in Scrubs. I, I, th I think it's just random, and that's part of the reason why it just makes it amazing. So, sure. Is, he's like kind of doing a little bit of a reverse of I'm a king of the world moment. A little bit, yeah. He's just riding his buddy and going, look, I'm going to say eagle like a Pokemon. Adam does that in bed. Yeah. I've heard Yeepers. Yeepers. So what is a Yeepers, then? <laughs> a Yeepers is a mix between yes and deeper. Okay. <laughs> we, we won't talk about the accidental almost fisting story, so. Wow. Just one fist, not two. Accidental fisting. It's a, it's a new They're playing a home tour, actually. Mm. I think they're playing this weekend, actually, Todd. We can catch them while you're in L.A. We'll go oh, hey, that Warped Tour. <laughs> that Warped Tour. <laughs> that warp tour right the, there. the accidental fisting is coming to Warped Tour. 
a really fast story about bands. Yes. There is this, um, I can't remember who was who was playing. It was like some heavy metal band. But there was this uh, thrash band that was going to open for them. They're actually getting really popular. Mm-hmm. It's played by, um, it's two brothers and their friend who are Native American descent and actually do the music in their uh, native tongue. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they were going to open for them at the depot. Open for... I can't um, remember the a band. Heavy metal, yes. Yeah, a, a, a heavy metal. They can't because it's a 21 and up show and these guys are 18 and 16. And even oh, though wow. they wouldn't be in an area that would allow alcohol because they'd be on stage, they were not allowed in. So they can't play there. Oh, isn't that That's fun? actually... I mean, that must just be a weird Utah law because there are... Um, of, you hear stories all the time. I was nine years old playing the guitar at the bar. Yeah, because like, as a musician, I think it's like... Well, you know what it might be? is It might be that they don't have parents with them. I think you have to have like a parental supervision if you're going to be playing underage at a bar because we've had people playing uh, different gigs I've done who have been underage as well, playing bars and like the Whiskey Go-Go and things like that. Sure. So I think, it, I think you, you might just have to have rental guidance, but it also might be Utah has more stricter weirder laws or something like that. No, it's just their own thing. The last show I saw in the depot was The Dead South. I love The Dead South. We talked about them a little while ago. Yeah, it was really good. It's it's probably after we went to the show. So It was. It was, yeah. The Hillbillies. Might have been your recommendation that week, actually. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. It's a thrash metal band from New Zealand. Yeah. They were the opening um, for the band Ministry. Oh, they're opening for Ministry still touring? Yeah. Wow. Holy shit. Yeah. We should put together a band and open for ministry. Yeah, see, those. Okay. This doesn't help you, Brian, but these are the kids. Oh, look, there they oh, are. Thanks. It, it, you know, oh, thanks. Oh, well, yeah. But here's the mental image. Man, Think as stereotypical enough. as possibly can, uh-huh. and you're not wrong. Yeah, okay. So long hair? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, okay. yeah. you know, look okay. like they're trying too hard to look tough. Analysis. Well, so I'm going to say part of the reason I liked this book, and it was okay. an interesting, I was interested that, uh, that Todd, like, I, I get you, probably why you didn't like it, and we'll get to that in a second. All right. But uh, this was one of the things where we mentioned earlier where Kirkman seemed to be very, very linear in, in a lot of his other stuff, that there was really sort of no, no subtext and whatever. And this is like, not that there's a lot of subtext, but there is there's an unknown factor that's going on. Like, not everything's put up on Front Street like it kind of is in the other books. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's something that needs to be discovered there. There's a little bit of a mystery to it, which is what I liked. And I, I found myself drawn into, I want to know more about what the mythology is behind all these demons and all that kind of stuff. Maybe it does take a little too long to get to that point, but I have really enjoyed this book and these series uh, just because I you know, kind of want to see how that all turns out. Right. Uh, Todd, what, what are your thoughts on that? You know, it was, um, I'll give them kudos for trying something new and different. It's, um, it jumped around pretty hard back and forth. And it, it was fine. I mean, the colorist and the art was enough of a difference that you could follow it well enough that it's like, oh, I'm in a different time frame after they do it for the second time. You know, that part of it was done pretty well, but I'm not exactly sure what kind of tension it was trying to build would be my issue with it. Okay. So sometimes reordering for the sake of reordering, it, it felt almost more like a, uh, I, I've got this thing I'm going to try. and. It, well, I felt like it was a thing of, like, he has his own personal demons to fight, even though he's out there fighting real demons. You know what I mean? And okay. so, like, a lot of the flashbacks were flashing back to him dealing with other, you know, former issues of, of his life and him, you know, trying to, to get past those, which is why he, you know, his way of getting past those demons is to try to actually help fight real spiritual demons kind of thing was that sort of the idea that i got between the two of those things in that juxtaposition because when he goes into his um and like when he has the big flashback at the end where you finally see what happened with his mother who's in like basically a coma that catatonic um, state yeah yeah the catatonic state 
there's a room in his house that he doesn't want to open. Like it's a, a demon that he doesn't want to necessarily visit. And then when he sees enough demons and he decides, he really sort of doubles down and decides like, okay, I'm going to really sort of start of attack these. That's when he also decides that he's going to go actually look at his own demon. And he opens the door to go into that room, which has been kept the same ever since. And that's when he, you know, starts dealing with it and can start to realize that it's just an empty room and that the past is the past. And he's going to try to move forward and fix things. You know what I mean? Like that's sort of, that's what I got from those two things playing off of each other. Okay. All right. I and mean, then he went and voted for Trump. I don't think he'd be a Trump voter, to be honest with you, but that's okay. He hates women. Of course he needs a Trump supporter. <laughs> well, Mr. Adam, what is your thoughts? So I went into this, and you know, the opening part was interesting. It caught my attention really fast. And then as time went on, I kind of like, I don't know, just started, started losing interest. Like, it's, it, you can very much tell this is the setup to a series. Um, it, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, there are lots of st- strings at the whole ball of yarn dangling. Um, I don't know. Like the, we've, my, I can't remember what book we, this happened before in the past where it, it sets things up and you can tell this is the introduction to a bigger world. Um, but it didn't kind of like the story arc. It's like you, you finish this trade in like the first third of a story arc, whereas mm-hmm. like Wicked and Divine, which we always kind of go back to the first trade. Well, yes, we're talking about what's going to happen going forward. And I think it's, I think it's issue 24 where they kind of wrap up that first big, uh, so the fourth mm-hmm. trade. Uh, cause I, again, I read those all like in literally three or four hours. Cause I just couldn't stop reading it. Uh, although the new stuff's weird. I need to go catch up on the ones I missed. Uh, it was it was satisfying like you know so we, hey, there's something going to happen next this is really cool i can't wait to see it mm-hmm. but we kind of got some answers to a few of our questions and then teased the ones we didn't and with this i mm-hmm. felt like i didn't get that i mean yeah obviously you know the, the thing that he's outcast is something that we're going to learn later on i didn't need to know that but it felt like a lot of things happened in the book but it's like we didn't really go very far like it didn't accomplish as much as i was hoping to see so kind of like a Damon Lindelof script. I was, yeah. And see, I was going to say the reason that doesn't bother me as much is because I was in, a, in an abusive relationship with Lost and X-Files for so long that I'm so used to having that whole... So your battered boyfriend syndrome. Yeah. Right. So so you like it and you don't mind it because you're, you, you're comfortable with that. As long as, as long as there is a payoff, I'm fine sticking through as long as it interests me. Like, From what I understand, Lost didn't really have a payoff. Uh, it did, and anyone that says that it doesn't either didn't watch it or didn't understand uh, it. See, I've, I've, yeah. I've not seen one episode of Lost because when Lost started, it was before the days of DVR, and <laughs> it was when like we were just starting to get like... You had to set the, the VCR. Be- or the best of I Love Lucy on DVD. We didn't have the DVD yeah. seasons we have now, so right. it's one that I keep on wanting to go back and watch, but every time I do, someone's like, oh, you won't like how it ends. So I'm like, well, if I'm going to invest, was it six seasons of Lost? Yes. Six. Okay, I, I I wanted to be satisfying. So and also, there's way too much shit on TV to, oh, yeah. to watch right now. So yeah, but but yeah, I mean, I, we're not talking about loss. But yeah, anyone that says it didn't pay off either checked out and stopped caring partway through, or didn't understand it, or yeah, there were they didn't answer every single little question. But sometimes you don't need to have like the minutia answered. Well, it's like Some, the sometimes the it's nice just to have the weird be the weird and unexplained. Yeah, well, it was like the end of Inception. People, yeah. you know, and honestly, there is actually an answer to that they did. They did finally explain how that uh, the play out. Did for. Nolan? Uh, Nolan told uh, or, or Goyer? He no, Nolan right. told uh, Michael Caine, who told people mm-hmm. like about six months ago. <laughs> so and how long ago did Inception come out? <laughs> uh, God, I was still living in Midville. This is way before I even met you. Yeah. So it's like 20, 2009? 2008 or nine. Yeah, it's it was been a, a hot minute. Yeah, 
I mean, I, I, got, I got it on Blue on 4K now, which is beautiful. All right, so I guess what you're saying there, this <laughs> could be answering and picking up Steam, but it seems to be all um, setting stuff up. And then you've got at the end of it, the main character says, "All right, I've got my motivation." Yeah, it's kind of like, it, well, and I, I'm sorry, I like when he did go into that room and he's like, "I'm not, you don't scare me." Yeah, like mm-hmm. this whole time he had been afraid to, like Brian said, you know, confront that demon, that personal uh-huh. demon, and now he's like, "Fuck it." I'm not afraid. Yeah, no, it's yeah. And again, like I, I, I fully saw the the metaphor of you know facing demons in real life versus facing your own demons. And as someone dealing with my own demons and kind of getting through that, that did mm-hmm. speak to me because you know I, I've been there. I mean, maybe not actually like having nasty green vomit shot all over me. Normally, it's white. Your mother um, cooks right. socks in hell. <laughs> <laughs> so I know. <laughs> so I, I did really appreciate that. I just. You know, for again, it was a quick read. I, I got through it pretty fast. I did, you know, it, I did enjoy what I was reading, but when I got to the end, it kind of felt like, okay, where there's no catharsis. There really wasn't even like, you know, a, a climax. Really, maybe you could say the climax was his going into the room and kind of dealing with his own issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, maybe this would have been better to have regs. I know, like I just saw that they do are doing new collect editions where it's like one through twelve, thirteen through twenty four. Yeah, Image does that with almost all their books, or at least all their big series, where they'll do the six. Vol- the six issue trades and then the 12 issue hardcovers that's what i have with walking dead yeah. they've done that with east and west they yeah so sure. as much as you know we we've kind of shied away from doing the big huge 12 issue runs i think this one might mm-hmm. have benefited from it because i think the questions i want to have answers to and like maybe some more of what's going to happen next might have played it i could be wrong maybe something they're not going to answer until the very end but it feels like this could have used either you know, maybe made the story a little bit tighter or in the first trade or read the bigger one to give us more of the story. Well, considering there's 36 issues, I, I would assume that a third of the way through the story, you would have a good amount of stuff answered and yeah. probably more stuff asked. No, and I would, I would hope so because I've really enjoyed pretty much everything we've read by Kirkman this month, so. You're not being as mean as you thought we were going to be. No, no, you're not at all. But like, and I get it because this is all set up for a story. If it, if you're not interested in what the story is setting up, then there's no point in you wanting to read it and any further. And like, so like, if you don't buy in, it's not necessarily a successful book for you. You know, because this is how far. Oh, sorry. Oh uh, no, go ahead. What's your question? I was going to say, how far beyond this have you read? I've read through uh, trade five, so I've read thirty issues. Oh. So I haven't read the last so you're, six. You've read so all right. Um, well, like another good example, we can use lock and key. The first, yeah. the first trade, yeah, and answer all the questions we want. A lot of the questions, but then like all of a sudden there are these new things that sprout up. It's almost like yeah. you know, the, the hider, you cut off one head, you two more go in this place kind of thing. Well, and right. I, to be honest with you, I thought the first book of Lock and Key was okay, but I wasn't totally in. It was like the second or third book where I was like, okay, this is freaking amazing. So the overall of Lock and Key I think is awesome. I didn't necessarily, like, so I kind of feel like I can I can tell your point of view because I didn't completely buy into it um, at the very beginning. You know what I mean? Uh, I still need to read Alpha. What? <laughs> <laughs> the very, very final issue of Lock and Key, I still haven't read. Oh, really? Yeah. Like a, I bought it, and then... I've been... Is that the only one? Just the final issue? Yeah, I, I read Omega, and then Alpha is actually the last one. And I was going to go read it, going to read it, and then when we did the, the Geek Swap Meet, it was one of the books that was in my long box that I sold. Uh-huh. Mm. <laughs> like, so, I mean, I, I get that. I get that. Well, is there anything, yeah. anything else you wanted to say about it? Because, again, you were... Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, I, we've been talking a lot, and you've been kind of quiet, uh, well, so... I'm just sort of just listening. I mean, I, I do like this book. I do... I mean, but the thing is, is that you have to buy into wanting to find out more for this book to, to pay off for you because it is really all about this big secret and what's going on with these demons and why uh, Kyle has this specific power that he is able to 
do it. And like, it also feels like for me in this book, what I kind of like is it feels like he has some sort of semblance of a power, but he doesn't know how to harness it properly. You know what I mean? Like he only really sort of figures out how to do it through sort of violence or he doesn't necessarily know if it's his blood or whatever it is, but he's trying to figure that all out. But he has sort of this innate ability that he hasn't necessarily completely tracked down. So like him sort of discovering his own powers and what's that, that's what I find interesting about this book. So like, I think the overall mythology I thought was very interesting. Um, the one thing I was going to mention is uh, I listened to an interview with Robert Kirkman about this, and uh, apparently yeah. what had happened was he was, um, you know, at a con. I think it was in San Diego Comic Con, and someone came up and asked him, you know, what he was doing next. And he, as he described, he goes, "I felt like I was, you know, talking to like another, you know, comic book writer friend. So I was just sort of like shooting the shit of like a current idea. It wasn't something that I developed or you know would really push anything further." Um, and apparently, who he was talking to was one of the heads of production for. Um, uh, Cinemax, and so he get a, mm. gets a call from his agent the next day, being like, "How is this? You just greenlit a project I've never heard of." And he's like, "I don't know what you're talking about." And so <laughs> that makes that makes a whole lot of sense because I remember when this book was coming out, like two months before, yeah. I remember seeing an article saying, "Yeah, Outcast has been greenlit for a show at Cinemax." Yeah. I was like, "Wait, the book's not even out." Yeah. So that's basically what ended up happening. Is so he was sort of writing the book in conjunction with writing the TV show. Um, so. So I, I looked it up. The show only lasted two seasons. Uh-huh. Um, and I had Utah's favorite song, Patrick yeah. Fugit, in it. Yeah. But I, I do kind of want to watch it because the the creepy dude uh, that may or may not be the devil uh-huh. Uh-huh. is Brent Spiner. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah. that'd be fun. I watched the first issue <laughs> he does of the, uh, first episode of, the, of it, and I liked it. Um, but my mom has Cinemax, so I watched it. I watched I have to, I'll I'll have to watch when I'm at my parents' Your house. Your God-fearing mother has Cinemax? Oh, my God-fearing mother freaking loves Game of Thrones, okay? So, <laughs> I know. We were watching it when I was over there last time. <laughs> so, so here was my question to to Todd earlier. Uh, we, were, we were waiting on Adam to show up. And I was like, did the show get canceled because nobody watches Cinemax? No, because of that, that weird, like, I actually on the first season, which I never watched, of Strike Back is, like, on season five or six, I think. I have no oh, idea wow. what that is. I've seen <laughs> advertising for Strike Back. I've never heard of it. That's the first, I've never heard so, of that at all. It's apparently really good, but again, it's like, Cinemax is like the, the red-headed bastard stepchild of, like, HBO and Showtime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even stars like, gets more people I, watching. I keep forgetting that it's a thing. Like, that's why I'm wondering, if, did no one watch it because people forget that Cinemax is an actual channel? All I think is porn's free on the internet. Well, now, and that's so. the thing, yeah, exactly. is I just remember Cinemax being, like, after hours, we'd call it Skinemax. Like, that was, like, right. that was the only thing I really remember about it. So, one of the funniest stories I haven't decided. Future Brian, maybe, here. Okay. My dad was watching a show on Cinemax, and it was fine, but he legit fell asleep on the couch. His wife comes out hours later to say, hey, honey, come on bed, but it switched over to Skinemax. <laughs> she, she goes back in, and she's out there, and there's my dad zonked to the world. You've got Skinemax Titties all on. over the yeah. screen. And she's like, what are you watching? What are you doing? Anyway, he's like, oh, oh, no. I'm like, as he was retelling me this story, I was about ready to hear he was going to throw a rock through the... TV just to get it off. Yeah, that's it was absolutely hilarious, <laughs> and they canceled Cinemax after that. I'm not shocked. Yeah, we'll leave that. Okay. Out. Yeah, that, that there, there's no harm, no foul, no. No harm, no foul there. So yeah, so we'll leave that in. But they're like, oh, what's going on here? And it, it, you know, there was amusement. He was laughing about it later. Well, yeah, but, that's one of those things you laugh about. The, you know, a couple days later, but at the time, you're like, oh shit, what's going on here? It's like, what do you mean? And yeah. So this is actually a funny story for me too. Is that. So I love Mystery Science Theater. Okay. And yes. I actually need to finish the season on Netflix. I really like it. I can actually. see the Cubs losing from here. <laughs> I do love that one. 
I didn't know what it was. And so I was, you know, raised very religious, very sheltered, this and that. And so I was flipping by channels, and it, it wasn't on Sci-Fi originally. It was on, do we remember what channel it was on? It was before Sci-Fi. It was on, like, CW yeah. or something. What was Or IFC. Mystery Science Theater. It was IFC, I bet. Yeah. Yeah. So we were watching, and it was the very first episode, which is still one of my favorites, was Overdrawn at the Memory Bank. Mm-hmm. And they're sitting there, and this woman comes down from outer space, dressed, you know, like like the Statue of Venus, and she's got the ivy over her private parts. Yeah. And right when that happens, like, I think it was Crow says, oh, look, some kid's going to be watching this, and his mom's going to walk in being like, what the hell are you watching? Why are you watching Skinamax? And literally that second, my mom walked <laughs> into the room, she's like, what the hell are you watching? <laughs> and so I was like, no, 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 like, trust me, this is funny. And she's like, no, no, it's like, look, mom. I was like, like 13 at the time or something. Okay. I was like, just sit down and watch this. So she sat down, starts cracking up, uproariously laughing. My dad comes in, he's like, what are you laughing at? He starts watching. And so now what they've done is they actually started re-releasing the original uh, the seasons, because they were the collections, because like the first 10 were out of print, and they were like one for 500 bucks on like wow. and stuff. Yeah. And so every single year for their birthday for Christmas, I always get one volume and send it to them. That's awesome. And I think it's volume two or four that has that episode in it. But... Yeah, they, the moment they were actually making that joke on there, my mom walked in and literally said just that. So, fantastic. Cocktails. I'm going to go with uh, mine. Mine is called uh, Bad Blood because uh, there's a lot of bad blood in this book. Um, it is two ounces of bourbon, uh, fresh or, uh, a fresh blood orange, three dashes of bitters, one sugar cube, one maraschino cherry. You slice the fresh blood orange and put one to two slices into the bottom of a rocks glass. You add the sugar and three dashes of bitters. Use the muddler to slowly crush the sugar into the orange slice with the bitters. Pour the mixture from that uh, into a fresh rocks glass with um, one large ice cube. And then you add the bourbon and stir gently with a swizzle stick. And then you garnish with a uh, with the rind of the blood orange and a cherry. Uh, and there is your bad blood. Uh, Mr. Todd, what is your cocktail? Mine is the um, Exorcist cocktail because, you know, as you do. Mm-hmm. So here it's going to be, it's an ounce and a half of tequila, three quarters of an ounce of blue curacao, and three quarters of an ounce of lime juice. So you're going to get a uh, shaker, fill it up with ice, dump the ingredients in, and shake the other living shit out of this. Fill it into a martini glass and enjoy. Nice. Uh, but will we go with a silver or a gold tequila? I would say silver. Silver, yeah. absolutely. When do you go with a gold tequila? When, when you want to make even worse life choices. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I, I, at what point in time is going, oh, that gold tequila was the right call? I can't think of a situation. <laughs> I think it's just um, when you want to get white girl wasted on uh, Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo. So, oh, <laughs> what is that 1500 gold? We're going to celebrating Cinco de Mayo. Oh, I've been celebrating it for years. I'm sure you. Uh, well, your birthday is this month, so we should do it this month too. We can just have your a, birthday's three this days. month. My birthday's three days before his. Yeah. Yeah. When are you when are you back from California? Monday. Then you should you and Amy should be invited to my birthday party. Okay. Because it's that Saturday. All right. Sounds good. She's um doing more of the I'm crossing my legs until it's time game. Oh, okay. So <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll try. We'll put in the effort, but you know it's one of those things where Which, she's fat. It's going to be extra gay because apparently Clark and Chris are planning my my birthday party. Okay. And so all that we know is that Chris wants to have thirteen and a half strippers, and so we said maybe Stephen can come as the half stripper. <laughs> okay, he's the right height for that. He's our pocket gay. That's so. quite just he's fun size. Yeah, just put right. And on, honestly, Brian, if you were here, we'd we invite you. But and, and a depth at climbing fences. He is. And like gra- and like grappling and pinning people at the bar. Yeah, like he did with Jimmy. Oh yeah, I'll be in Vegas though. <laughs> Oh, that's Vegas. right. Yeah, because you, you told me about that, and I was like, "That's my birthday." You're only really five hours away. Come on, man. Yeah, like no. So Get I'm, an I'm Uber. doing two cons in a row, and then going to Vegas the next weekend. 
I it's only five hours away. You're like a forty. Someone's got a full flight. social calendar. Shockingly, yes, it's not normal for me. I'll, it'll be vacant like as a desert for the rest of the year. But right now, I have shit going on. Bizarre. Woo-hoo. Yeah. Okay. Well, Mr. Adam, what is your cocktail, Mr. Birthday Boy? Uh, so mine is called Demon Spit. So we take one and a half ounce of gin, a three quarter ounce of green creme de menthe, half ounce of lime juice. You put that in a shaker with ice. You shake the shit out of it. Uh, pour it, strain it into a highball glass filled with ice, top with club soda, and stir. Awesome. See, Demon Spit, just saying that makes reminds me of one of my favorite things my friend came up with when he started saying hooker spit. <laughs> hooker spit? Yep. Is that a curse? We, like, ah, oh, hooker spit. Pretty much. Okay. Yeah. We were actually looking at uh, like the list of like really oh was that the, I think it was the Try Guys were doing like the really nasty drinks and there's one called like it was like Hooker something or other and basically it was like tequila with a raw egg and then you put like hot sauce uh, on top of it. Uh-uh. It was called a spicy chicken. Uh-huh. We went to an Irish pub for my friend's 21st birthday. It was that like the cement mixer, all those lovely things that you never want to eat drink. Jeez, raw eggs aren't that bad. Hmm? I'm not that against a raw egg. Not in a drink though. Like that. I, I like the I like the. Uh, like, like a flip. Br- Brian taught me about you know putting egg white in a drink to make it frothy. Yeah, yeah. I'm down for that. Sure, frothy. There's lots of really interesting comments where I'm not going to go into. So, well, Mr. Yeah. Frothy, what is your cocktail? <laughs> uh, mine's called Demon's Blood. Yeah. Um, and if you're diabetic, don't don't make my drink. Yeah, uh, you're going to take a gallon. That. Yeah, you're going to take a gallon container. Uh, Maybe not as much sugar, because you're going to take four unsweetened packets of cherry Kool-Aid, uh, a fifth of a gallon of one fifth of like Bacardi 151 or 151 proof rum. That's also terrible stuff. <laughs> uh, one pint of peppermint schnapps. You're going to mix them all into a gallon container, and then you're going to add either Mountain Dew or Collins mix if you want a sweet or more tart drink. Wow. Wow. Okay. That, I mean, that, I, I can see where that would be tasty, but that 151 scares me just a little bit. It does. I mean, the the thing has like a fire preventative cap on it. I used to shoot 151. Why? Well, this, <laughs> this is one of the few occurrences I've ever seen where 151 is actually intended to drink. Most of the time it's put on top and burned off. Like you don't see many That's cocktails right. that actually use it to be consumed. Well, to be fair, there isn't compared to there's actually like about a gallon worth of stuff. It's only a fifth one, one fifty one. I, yeah. I get you, but like it's still. But still, there's also can't remember at Piper down here once uh-huh. they, on their because they have that like shop menu with like mm-hmm. fifty different shots, and one of them was like one fifty one wild turkey and something else mixed together. I have oh. those on my on my birthday actually. My no, actually we were in Puerto Rico. It's my old boss really good. Yeah, well, I mean, I've done liquid cocaine for this show, and mm-hmm. that's 151 Jaeger and Goldschlager. And then a flaming Dr. Pepper is delicious. What about flaming? Gold? All right, so talking about a, liquor. A gay Dr. Pepper? Hey. <laughs> so are you aware of the uh, differences between rum and vodka? I mean, honestly, okay. <laughs> really rum thing. is distilled from molasses. Well, not necessarily. It's the, the distillation process is very similar to each other. Rum just stops at a lower proof rate than vodka does Mm. so vodka actually works its way up to about 190 proof and then they add water back into it um rum works its way up to about 160 170 proof and so you have a bit more of flavor not ethanols but phenols flavor phenols is in rum than it is typically in vodka but for the distillation and processing it's the same we all have flavor phenols but yeah (laughs) i didn't know that 
So, but for the most part, when you see like the Bacardi 151, they've done the distillation and they've had it. Are they have added hardly any water to it? They basically went, eh, we can bottle this shit as it is right now, just like straight alcohol. Yeah, I mean it's 151 proof. Who wants 75 percent alcohol drinks? I mean it's that's rubbing alcohol, <laughs> basically what that is. That's basically what it is. And then you have kids out there drinking. You know, so here's the thing. I think is funny is you. Everyone gives Gen Z shit for doing like the Tide Pod challenge and stuff. Yeah. yeah. When I was in high school, they were drinking rubbing alcohol to yep. get hot, to get drunk. Or then the newest generation was drinking because it was rubbing alcohol and mouthwash. Robitussin. Robotussin. And then the millennials were doing hand sanitizer. So, dude, every single fucking generation tries to find ways to get fucked up that aren't good yeah, for you. Right. There, you there isn't a generation that's stupider than the rest. Just people in general are stupid. <laughs> well, if you look at it in the biography of Malcolm X, is it hazelnut? Or what's the other spice if you have nutmeg. enough? Nutmeg. Nutmeg yeah. gets you high. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, nutmeg gets you high. I think it's be like freshly grated, though, or something like that. It can't sure, be like... you can't beat it when it's fresh. You know, like Frito chips. <laughs> like, that's a very underrated movie. What movie? Big Trouble. Oh yeah, was that it? I think it I is, haven't yeah. seen the movie. In, I was, yeah, it's got Jason Lee in it, and he plays this uh, hippy dippy Jesus type dude that's kind of along for the ride and the voyeur of it all. In but, Big Trouble in Little China, really? No, no, no just Big, Big Trouble. Trouble. Oh, okay, it's uh, Big Trouble. Written by it's got a young theory. Zoe Deschanel. It was Dan Aykroyd, wasn't it? No, no, no. Big Trouble was the uh, it's, was it's Tim Allen, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. That so I know we're all way off topic, so no, it's fine. I read the Dave Barry books. Uh, I love Dave Barry. Us off topic. I know, right? <laughs> uh, I didn't like the book that much. But then when I moved to Utah, uh, for whatever reason, like the movie was on TV finally. Uh-huh. And I was with my buddy Joey and it would come on and the first time I saw it we kinda hate watched it. Sure. And then it was like looping every single day, like at seven PM and so we get home from work, turn on the TV, there big it is. trouble was on. And as we watched it, like, literally probably 15 times a month, we begrudgingly liked it more and more and more. <laughs> <laughs> to where we would, like, we would literally be howling with laughter. And it's not a good movie by any by any means, but... There's a part of me that liked it. I did that with Cable Guy. Yeah. I think, Brian, you made me watch Cable Guy, like, four times in a row. It's like, the first time, you're not going to like it. By the time you get to the fourth one, you're convinced. Yeah. It's the best thing ever created. Yeah, it's true. It's like 500 miles and How I Met Your Mother. Wait, yes. wait, it comes back, it comes back. It yeah. comes back, just comes back keep going. Again. Just keep going. I still do actually kind of love Cable Guy. There are really good elements in Cable Guy. There are. I haven't seen that movie in so long. Yeah. So anyway, Outcast, uh, Robert Kirkman. Parting thoughts. Does anybody have any final thoughts before we go into grades? Did you do your drink? I did, yeah, I started with mine. Okay, I couldn't remember. There we go yeah. there. Well, it's, it's been so long. It's there for me. It's there? It um, exists? You're aware of its it existence? It exists. I'm acknowledging its existence. You know, I liked Battle Pope better. Okay. Even this recently past month, I'd put, I put... I would put this in the bottom of the pile for Kirkman, for me. Okay. Final grades. Everybody ready for uh, final grades? Sure. Okay, well, I, I know that... Uh, this is going to be a low grade for Adam, but uh, self-contained. For self-contained, Adam, what is your grade? <laughs> F. I mean, there's there is no story arc in this book. It, it does introduce interesting concepts and it does a good job of world building. But we've seen with other, with past books that you can still do all that and you can still kind of be like, "Cool, this is what's going to come next." Wink, wink. But also have a satisfying conclusion, and this one does not. Okay, Mr. Maya. Uh, self-contained. I'm going to give it a D. Uh, okay. I kind of I, I agree with Adam, but uh, as far as it being self-contained goes, yeah, I can't defend it on self-containment, so I will also give it a D, uh, Mr. Todd. Yeah, I think the three of us are going to give it the D. Okay. <laughs> Just like someone will give me the D. Shit. 
Yeah? Yeah. All right. Well, you know, you know what Todd's wife says. Don't suck a dick unless you want to. Unless you want to. I know, I thought it was... Don't it, suck a cock thought, unless you want to. I thought it was, it's only gay if your balls touch. Oh. <laughs> uh, I don't think I've ever heard her say that. I thought it was only gay if you, you, you said you don't say no homo, which is really hard with a dick in your mouth. <laughs> no homo. No homo. Where's your handle? Where's the handle? <laughs> <laughs> Writing grade. Okay, for writing for Mr. Kirkman, what is your grade, Mr. Todd? You know, for this one, it's a C. I mean, it's. I see some of the ideas, and I, I liked the concepts. The execution was rushed. Okay, uh, Mr. Maya. Uh, I'm gonna give it a B minus, C plus. Not the strongest, but if the rest were on Comicsology Unlimited, I'd totally read them. But I don't want to run out and spend money to read the rest of this. Okay. Uh, Mr. Adam. I'm going to go with a B minus. The, the writing wasn't the problem. I mean, the characters were interesting. I think they had a good, again, world building was strong. Uh, and I liked what they were doing with it. It just wasn't satisfying in the end. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, I'll go with a B for writing. Uh, much like whatever. I mean, I liked it. Um, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's not necessarily self-contained. Art grade. For art, for as a seta, we'll say that. Yeah. As a I'll seta. take that, right? Um, what so is your Maya pronunciation agrees? Then uh, what is your grade, Mr. Maya? I'm still there to be minus C plus. It, you know, the art didn't isn't what really grabbed me uh, reading this. Um, it was just kind of to me. It seems like you know we've talked about that stamp that some artists have that you can't imagine someone else doing the book. Uh, this one I could imagine just about anyone doing the book. Uh, okay, uh, Mr. Todd. You know, for me on the art, looking through it, I enjoyed it, but it was very uh, reminiscent of our Mr. Eduardo Russo. A little bit, you know, yeah. Like 100 Bullets era. So it was doing like that, and then someone gave it, let's give it a Midwestern color palette. Uh, with the color tones and everything, if anything else, I would say the uh, coloring and the art, it reminds me of um, In Cold Blood. Is kind of like it's, you know, spiritual animal or just tone for me. Is, I would imagine, I don't know why, but I do associate in cold blood with how this artwork had been done and the way, like, the rooms and different stuff was portrayed. So I rather liked the art and I thought it did a good job for what it was. I'll give that a B. Okay. Um, I will give the art a B as well. Um, I really do actually quite enjoy this. Um, and Mr. Adam. Uh, I'll give it a B as well, pretty much for the same stuff Todd already said. Okay. So. Cool. I don't know why it reminds me of In Cold Blood, but it does. There's a lot of cool tones to it when yeah. things should be warmer, but it still has a little bit of this glaze. Yeah, no, for sure. On top of it. Final grades. For overall grades, I'm going to give it a B. I, in general, like this book. I was I bought in and I wanted to see where it went. I know that's not normal for everybody else on this, but that's okay. Uh, Mr. Adam, what is your grade? So I'm going to go with the C minus. You know, this isn't a book that I hated. I mean, we read lots of worse things. We loved lots of better things. Uh-huh. It was just more kind of a sense of just dissatisfaction because I enjoyed where the story was telling. I enjoyed where it was going. And I think, like I said before, if we would have actually done like the new one that was one through twelve, I probably would have been more satisfied with it. But because we, it was almost like kind of watching like the first Hobbit movie or maybe the first Fantastic Beasts, which actually I did enjoy the first Fantastic Beasts. Yeah. But the whole point of that movie was just, and I don't care about spoilers, it's a three year old movie, was to get to the end and find out that uh, Colin Farrell was actually Grindelwald. And yeah. so that's setting up the story for the next four movies they're doing, which the second one looks amazing. Yeah. And that's kind of what this did. It, did, it was setting everything, it was a springboard for the, the real story. 
um, kind of like they eat your vegetables to get to your main course and desserts. But this was like the vegetables you don't like, like Brussels sprouts that are cooked wrong. Mm -hmm. And it, it doesn't really leave you excited for what's coming next. Even though you know the next course probably will be better, you kind of got that feeling in your stomach that you're not really into it. Uh, Mr. Todd, what is your grade? When I really like a book, I'd call it the Fonz, you know, for A. Mm -hmm. This one I'm going to start calling, like, this kind of thing, uh, the Dennis. <laughs> for, see, you see where this is coming from. Yeah. I never even had him as a professor, but it's the Dennis. And it's a good start, but um, the art was solid. The writing and the concepts were all there. I think they're, it, um, as common before, felt a bit rushed in its execution that they're, um, this could have used another draft. And I think to tighten a few things up here and there, because, and we'll see about Mr. Lindelof, but I would, I also think Lindelof is um, what kind of ruined Prometheus in a lot of ways as and well. See, I love Prometheus. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed Prometheus, but there was aspects of it I had a rough time with, and I think that's the Lindelof of it. So, C. C. This is okay. a C. Let's see. Oh, C, C. Oh, C, C. Uh, and Mr. Maya. Uh, I'm going to stick with a B minus, C plus. Um, it interested, like I said, it interested me enough that if I if it was readily available and I didn't have to, you know, run out and get the next volume, I'd probably read it. I would like to check out the show. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just there. I can find out where it is actually. Cause there's a wonderful yep, app just, called watch just, now or just watch, just watch grade point average. So well, what's the GPA? GPA is actually just above a C plus. So it is a, a 2.5 GPA. Um, All right. That uh, so like we're not quite a B minus, but we're a little bit above a C plus, so we're right in that zone between B plus C minus. So that you seems can take fair your... for the yeah. book. No, I think that, I think that's fair for what for what we thought about it. Next week on Funny Books on Firewater. Well, next month we are doing it's December and Halloween or not Halloween, but Christmas books are fucking impossible to find full trades of. Uh, we learned this the hard way our first year. Uh, so we are going to be doing uh, family drama for the month of December. Uh, so we're going to start out with first is Identity Crisis. Then it's going to be God Country. Then Underwater Welder. Finally, we're doing a Jeff Lemire book. Hooray! Uh, well, second Jeff Lemire book. A good Jeff Lemire book. Um, a good Jeff Lemire book. What was yeah. the other Jeff uh, we did uh, uh, Animal, Animal Man. Man. Oh. Um, and then we're going to do both trades of Starve, so that'll be a 12-issue yeah. run. And then we're going to do, uh, from the New 52, Batman Death of the Family, not to be confused with Death in the Family, which is Jason Todd's death. This is Death of the Family uh, by Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo doing art. Cool. Um, so Identity Crisis, who has, I think Todd's read it. I think Maya's read it. Mm -hmm. uh, who wants to give us a little preview of what we're going to encounter next week? I'll let Maya... Uh, so Identity Crisis starts with a murder of uh, the spouse of a member of the Justice League. It's the murder of Sue Dibney, the elongated man's wife. And it, Lucky it woman. I know. Good for her. <laughs> it, it proceeds to go into uh, basically the heroes wondering how they can protect their families. Uh, also, other secrets come out along the way. Uh, that aren't initially tied to the initial killing that cause a lot of distrust and fighting among this family of superheroes. Okay, cool. Recommendations. Mr. Todd, do you have any recommendations? Yeah, I've got one. It's um, I just recently finished it. It might have been said in the past few weeks, but I picked up the original graphic novel by Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. Mm -hmm. It says, my heroes, oh, all yeah. my heroes are junkies. 
it was a good read. The coloring was kind of a bit interesting, but the general idea behind it is you've got this kid with uh, addict parent and life sucks. Kind What's of it deal. called again? All my my heroes have always All been junkies. Have, yeah, my heroes have always been junkies. That's right. Yeah, my heroes have always been junkies. It's part uh, of the criminal line, but it's published differently than they have done in the past, which is kind of interesting. Right. I don't know. And as an original graphic novel, they never l- released issues. They just released the book. Yeah. So there was never an issue release. It was just, and here is the book. Okay. So, yeah. um, Mr. Maya, do you have a recommendation? Actually, you know what? I do have a recommendation. Um, all the CW hero shows. I've been... The Arrowverse? All the Arrowverse. I've been uh, watching since they started back up, and all of them, in my opinion, yes, even Arrow, have been pretty solid so far, and uh, at the time of recording, we're about three to four episodes into each, so... Okay. I will say, I do want to give a plug to Sabrina, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Damn it, that was my recommendation. <laughs> oh, well, I'll let Adam talk about it then. Okay, Mr. You... Adam, what's your recommendation? Surprise us. Um, okay, we ask for that. If you want to watch Outcast, uh, currently you can buy the first season and first season only on pretty much any streaming service. Uh, the only way to watch all of them is to get the very original title of Max Go, which is Cinemax's on demand if you subscribe to them. Okay. So. Maybe, um, maybe there'll be like a trial or something I can just binge all like or something. Episodes. Yeah, uh, Todd, did you finish Sabrina yet? No, I watched like five episodes. Okay, so I'm almost done. I got like two left. Uh, so, but yeah, my recommendations aside from that, uh, which is a lot of fun, it's a lot like the comic. Uh, it's a lot of representation. We've got a trans character in there. We've mm-hmm. got a lot of people of color. So a trans character on Supergirl this year also oh, played that's by, right. by a trans actor, actress, yeah. actress. I'm not sure if the, the the character here is trans in real life. I haven't looked at that but um my other two big recommendations are video games so as this comes out it's, it's been out for a couple weeks now but uh red dead redemption 2 you know is, no one's heard of this game i know it only <laughs> made 725 million dollars in three days i know so um if you if you already wanted it you, i'm sure you got it uh the one recommendation i can make though is that if you have it if you're trying to choose which system to get it for the xbox one x is the only one that renders it in native 4k uh, and actually, there's a bit of a. It's going to look gorgeous no matter what you play it on. But there's a right. graphical uptick from there. Uh, and the second thing is, I've refused to play them because they always would piss me off. Uh, but <laughs> my boyfriend Clark convinced me to play through Dark Souls with him on the Switch. Uh-huh. And yes, it is infuriatingly hard, and I am hating certain parts of it. But at the same time, I can't stop playing, and it's a lot of fun. So that actually, once you actually learn how to play the game and how to kind of actually like block parry and dodge and stuff mm-hmm. it makes a lot of sense but it's still very frustrating but fun no it, cool. what's what's infuriating is seeing people much better than you if you go watch like youtube videos of people going through without without wearing any armor getting hit zero times yeah this, <laughs> well the one guy beat the game using the drum pad controller from guitar hero and then this one guy actually has a, a run on youtube where he doesn't get hit once and the developer of the game doesn't believe it's real so <laughs> Okay. Uh, that sounds a lot like um, there was a Guitar Hero game. Uh, they had a song that was designed not to be beaten. And it was through like, the Fire and Flames? Yeah. And then, like, it was opening night, and some guy showed up and he beat it opening night. And you're like, good God. <laughs> we kind of get I up. can beat it on medium. <laughs> <laughs> and then my recommendation is going to be uh, Gwenpool. I just picked up the first trade kind of on a whim and actually really had a good time with it. It's kind of funny. The book, for those of you who are not aware, is about a girl named Gwen who basically is sort of a comic book fan who somehow finds herself in the comic book universe. And so because she is one of the few people who is aware that this is a comic book universe and she's read everything, she knows everyone's backstory, she knows who people are, um, she seems to have this superpower and she always sort of knows like 
oh, that, uh, you know, I'm the hero of the story, so things are just going to work out for me. So, like, she'll jump off a building and then she'll land in, um, you know, a truck passing by carrying mattresses or whatever. And, like, so it's just sort of like this sort of fun wish fulfillment kind of thing. But it's, uh, I really enjoyed the first trade of it, at least. Um, I thought it was super fun. Uh, so there is that. Anybody have anything else before we uh, put a fork in this one? Actually, yeah, on a fun note, uh, Netflix is being sued by the Satanic Temple. Oh really? Because in the in it's basically like evil Hogwarts. They've got uh-huh. the uh, the Baphomet statue, and it's literally like the spitting image of the one that the Church of Satan or the Satanic Temple uses. So they're suing for using copyright. Oh really? Or something like that. Basically, they want Netflix to give them some money, and they'll stop complaining. So that's funny. Well, you will say, and they have a thing where they compare the uh, one used in the show with their actual one, and you're like, yeah, that's going to be tough to argue your way out of. Because it's, it's a spitting image of like moments. So I was like, "Oh, it's Baphomet," and then you know, uh, yeah. I mean, it's like someone taking the I, Apple logo and taking an extra little bite. Oh, and I and I bet Netflix just didn't even think it was like a licensed thing because like well, the likeness Netflix, of Jesus isn't licensed or copyrighted. Right. It just depends on the one though, because you yeah. have like the JW Jesus and you have the Mormon Jesus, and those are. And so that's a big deal there. But it's also it's Netflix slash Warner Brothers because it's a Warner Brothers production. Mm-hmm. So they're both under a suit. I just know that there's someone out there who gets paid more in a year than I'll ever see in my lifetime whose job it is to research these things. So mm-hmm. shame on you. Hire me. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, so then that'll do it for this week. So next week we will be starting family drama with uh, Infinite Crisis. Um, no, nope, Infinite Crisis. Huh? Identity crisis. Identity crisis. I apologize. Identity crisis. Sorry. See, I've been corrected. Uh, identity crisis next week. Uh, until then, thanks for joining us, and uh, we will talk to you later. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode. This band of knuckleheads will be back next week with a new episode. Until then, you can find them on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr as Funny Books and Firewater. And on Twitter as at FirewaterCast. Go to funnybooksandfirewater.com for the most up-to-date information, as well as cocktail recipes from this and past episodes. Thank you for joining us. And until next week, support your local comic shop, tip your bartender well, and stay hydrated.